The Old Testament reading from Exodus chapter 24. When Moses went and told the people all the Lord's words and laws, they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said we will do. Then Moses wrote down everything the Lord had said. He got up early the next morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up 12 stone pillars representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then he sent young Israelite men, and they offered burnt offerings and sacrificed young bulls as fellowship offerings to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in bowls, and the other half he sprinkled on the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. They responded, We will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Then Moses took the blood, sprinkled it on the people, and said, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and the seventy elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel. Under his feet was something like a pavement made of sapphire, clear as the sky itself. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God, and they ate and drank. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle is from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the 10th chapter. Is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. This is the word of the Lord. Let us rise. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, the Holy Gospel, according to St. Mark, the 14th chapter. On the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, Where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples telling them, Go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. Say to the owner of the house he enters, The teacher asks, Where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large upper room furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. 
While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, I tell you the truth. One of you will betray me. One who is eating with me. They were saddened. And one by one they said, Surely not I. It is one of the twelve, he replied. One who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and offered it to them. And they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. I tell you the truth. I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. This is the gospel of the Lord. My brothers and sisters in Jesus, grace, mercy, and peace be to you. Amen. The text from, for tonight's meditation is from Hebrews chapter 9. We hear these words of Scripture. Therefore he, Jesus, is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called might receive the promise of the eternal inheritance, because a death has taken place for redemption from transgressions committed under the first covenant. Where a will exists, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will is valid only when people die, since it is never in force while the one who made it is living. That is why even the first covenant was inaugurated with blood. For when every command has been proclaimed by Moses to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and goats along with water, scarlet wool, and hyssop, and sprinkled the scroll itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God has commanded for you. In the same way, he sprinkled the tabernacle and all the articles of worship with blood. According to the law, almost everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. In the name of Jesus, amen. How many of you have your last will and testament written? Very, very good. Generally, we refer to it just as a will. So there is a mechanism, a legal conveyance, for an inheritance. It's a way of making sure that your property is distributed to those whom you wish when you die. When you die, death is the key. For a last will and testament to be set in motion, the testator, that is the one who has the will or made the will, 
has to die. Now, we've all heard of greedy nephews and nieces who were eager for the death of a rich uncle so they could get rich. I had a cousin. He married a girl for her money so that when her daddy died, he'd be rich. Did it work out? No. The marriage blew up, and they were divorced. The point that the writer to the Hebrews is making in this text is that Jesus has made his last will and testament, which bestows the legacy of the forgiveness of sins. And if this testament is to be put into effect, it requires his death. Quoting the Old Testament book of Leviticus, Hebrew says, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. God forgives sins. He doesn't overlook them and simply say, Tut, tut, that's okay. Uh, I'll excuse you of your wrongdoing." No, God forgives sins because there is blood to be shed for the forgiveness of sins. In fact, the writer of the Hebrews points back to the Old Testament to say that even under the first covenant, the old covenant, it was not set in place without blood. And here the reference is to the covenant at Mount Sinai, what was heard from tonight's Old Testament reading where God had spoken the words of the covenant to all the people, and they agreed with what Moses had said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And then Moses built an altar in front of Mount Sinai. He set up 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel, and he sacrificed animals that were slaughtered for burnt offerings and peace offerings. And Moses took the blood of those animals and put them in basins. Half of the blood Moses sprinkled on the altar, and the other half was sprinkled on the people. It was through the blood of sacrifice that the covenant was sealed. The blood of the covenant bound God to his people and people to their God. They were pure, they were clean, They were purified, and they could stand before God. Shed blood continued to maintain that communion with God, as we see in that Leviticus 16 with the annual celebration of Yom Kippur, where Aaron sprinkles the blood of bulls and goats on the mercy seat in the tabernacle. That was the first covenant. Jesus is the mediator of a new covenant. We could call it a New Testament. And it's established again by blood. God's own blood shed on the cross. No more would there be repeated daily or annual sacrifices involving the blood of goats and bulls. For the Lord Jesus Christ, who is at one and the same time both high priest and lamb, offers the sacrifice of himself. 
He pours out his own blood to atone for the sins of the world. From his veins flow the blood that covers our sins, making us pure and holy so we can stand in the presence of God forever. His blood gives to you and to me an eternal inheritance. In the state of North Carolina stands one of the oldest Lutheran churches in our country, Old St. Paul's Lutheran Church, established well before the Revolutionary War. And one of the striking things about St. Paul's Church is not just its age, but the bloodstains that are still visible in the balcony. Years before the Civil War, slaves were seated in the balcony, and the balcony was called the Slaves' Gallery. The slave, a slave of a local plantation owner ran away and hid himself in that balcony, thinking after midnight he would continue his journey and find freedom. As the story goes, the plantation over was a man with a hot temper. And he immediately began searching for that runaway slave and found him crouched under under one of the pews in the slave gallery. And right then and there he took his pistol and shot that slave and killed him. The bloodstains on the pew and on the floor remain to this very day a reminder of that blood that was shed long ago. On that first day of unleavened bread, Jesus told his disciples, as we heard it from St. Mark's Gospel, to prepare the Passover meal. And then that evening, he reclined a table with them. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take it, this is my body. And he took a cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. But listen very carefully to what comes next. For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. My blood of the covenant. The King James Version has my blood of the New Testament. The blood of the New Testament is more than a reminder of something that happened long ago. The blood of the New Testament is a reality. It's now. It's his blood that he gives to you as you come to the Lord's table this evening. His very blood shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. The blood that dripped from the hands and the feet and the side of our Redeemer did more than stain the wood on the cross and redden the ground beneath it. The blood of Jesus atones for the sin of the world.
when you take the chalice in the Lord's Supper, you're not simply remembering something that happened long ago and it stirs you, it stirs your memory. When you drink from the cup of the New Testament, you're drinking the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of your sins and now is given to you as a pledge and promise of the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation that is yours because of Christ. You're claiming your inheritance. The death of the testator has taken place. His last will and testament have been set in motion. And he names each and every one of you as an heir with a gift. Blood that gives you life, blood that gives you an eternal inheritance, blood that makes you a promise that there's a feast in heaven that will endure forever. All of this in this blessed sacrament. In the name of Jesus, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.